Welcome back, everybody. Another great episode coming for you. Just me and the Josh man talking about some upcoming movies that are maybe not upcoming anymore, or some upcoming movies that are still upcoming, and, and then a couple of movies that were supposed to be upcoming and then came into our homes. It'll make sense when you listen to it. Uh, we're also going to be talking about my feelings and emotions about the Kendrick Lamar album, Damn. So if you're ready for that, stay tuned to the end of the episode. And as always, the Freshly Baked Crackers are sponsored by Wolf Tracks, T-shirts, and Designs. If you need a print of some cool ass art put on some kind of cool ass shirt or maybe a bag to present anything that you have as a personal band or even your own fucking rights activist group whatever it may be you can contact steve likens at wolf tracks at 910-538-2474 or check them out on facebook give them a shout let them know that you heard about us or heard about them from us and they'll give you a free setup and art so let's get on with this episode now and here's the soup. You're listening to the Freshly Baked Crackers podcast. Freshly Baked Crackers. With your hosts, Josh Guster and Ian Maxwell. Here is the soup. <laughs> and our galactic to go. This is the Freshly Baked Crackers Podcast. Hey, everybody. What's up? What you doing? Hanging out. You hanging out at your house? Got earbuds in. Are you at work? You should probably look up. There's probably a car coming. There's a car coming while you're at your house. Hey, you know, you never know. You never know. The this is a crazy. fucking. It's a crazy fucking world, my friend. <laughs> there are cars in people's living rooms, like left and right these days. As we speak, yeah, it's a mm-hmm. it's an epidemic. I've just started parking my car in my living room, so if anyone else drives in here, I have a barrier. It's already taken. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, the spot's already <laughs> taken. Sorry, park elsewhere. Yeah, I love that. Like we can't run into this house. There's already a car there. <laughs> My buddy's brother uh, had that happen. Someone hopped a curb and ran into his house. Woof, that's rough. Yeah. Thorn, you know Thorn. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, poor Thorn. Yeah, it's been a while. It was before you met him, so everything's okay. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, he's always been in the state of having had his house ran into <laughs> as long as you've known him. <laughs> All right, nothing's changed. The dynamic's still the same. Good. So, hey, everybody, we're the first to make crackers, and we're hey, back. Man. Yeah, we are. I'm Josh. I'm Ian. We are those people. Yeah, the two and of us. The two of us. And uh, we're here to talk to you guys. About stuff. Again, another, this is a a proper episode. Yeah. Yes. We're going to have our favorite segment in the world, Ian Discovers a Hip Hop Album later. Oh, segment time. If it's got segments, you know it's a legit episode. Exactly. Um, It's professional. I kind of touched on this a little bit in the intro for the PS5 episode, but the flip-flopping on the Miles Morales game mm. um, has been a little bit confusing. It's its own thing. It's <laughs> yeah. not its own thing. It's a rehash of the old, or not a rehash, but like a reissue of the old game with extra stuff. Now it is a standalone game, they say. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, what's going on over there? Uh, <sighs> I guess my, my best guess is looking at this, it's probably like a Far Cry New Dawn situation where it's like technically it's a, a point five sequel, same map, right. same kind of stuff, but uh, it's going to have like a new set of characters or a new set of plot lines. But that that makes me wonder: then is it going to be a forty dollar or a sixty dollar full fledged priced game? Like, 
Is Do you get just... Spider-Man PS4 with it? Uh, yeah, that's something that I'd like to know, you know, because they're obviously not just doing Spider-Man re-up in PS5, like the way the GTA 5 is doing. So, right. like, I don't know. But we'd Dude, like I... to have a straight answer. You know? I've gotten a worse and worse, uh, what do I want to say, like, taste in my mouth about GTA 5 since we talked about that. Yeah. Especially man. when you see the memes online when they break it down. They're like, what? At one point, we got, like, GTA 3, GTA Vice City, yes. GTA San Andreas, and GTA 4, all in like eight years. Yeah. And in seven years, and then in eight years, we've gotten GTA 5 ported to different things. Yeah, no DLC of any kind, like with 4, you know, that had like full-fledged extra storylines with full different characters, and and like GTA Online just became like a mess pretty quick, and then that's Dylan, kind of been it. Dylan will be a teenager when we get Red Dead Redemption 3. Oh my God! Yeah, if we ever do, he's four. He'll be thirteen, I bet. <laughs> by the time, by the time we get another Red Dead Redemption. And I mean, since uh, I believe it was Dan of the Hauser Brothers that stepped down this past year, like mm-hmm. Rockstar Games is really shifting their focus to obviously try to do the, uh, you know, not pay to win, but the the microtransaction type thing. And and all Red- the uh, bad press that's come out about Rockstar's work environment. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's really a disappointment. And the fact that they won't give us a bully too by now, God damn it! They've got a lot of things to answer for, to be honest. Uh, Why do you think that is? Why do you think that it's taken so long for us to get something like bully two? Because it didn't sell very well in the first place, and new and interesting. I, well, as far as companies are concerned, and I think this is the problem that's been in any sort of art form that becomes monetized this big. Hollywood does the same thing where. It's not true. Customers want new IP, but CEOs sit and go, new things are scary. So even though Bully 2 would actually be a sequel, it's a sequel of a game 90% of people right now who play GTA Online have never played or even maybe heard of. So why invest in that when they can invest in GTA Online 2 for the PS5 and keep selling them shark cards to the handful of whales that buy them? Well, ain't that the truth? And it's disappointing because that's what they were trying to do with Red Dead Redemption, but like the Red Dead Online doesn't have enough stuff to justify the cost balance, so they've just kind of fucked off. They're not doing any sort of like maintaining of things or fixing these errors that we've had for almost three years now. Like, I don't know. They really have shifted as a company that I used to put them as like one of the highest standards in gaming. Like these guys told stories that nobody did. Yeah. Gave us games nobody else did. And now they're just doing the same thing everybody else is doing with a prettier paint job. It's- like you said, when it was like when there was a GTA, a bully, uh, um, uh, a manhunt. Fucking table uh, tennis, even. Like, yeah, I mean, the, the table tennis game was fucking badass. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, in the Midnight, Midnight Club. Club. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and then Red Dead, first of all, Red Dead Revolver. Yes. And then Red like Dead so Redemption. Great. Yeah. And like they were pumping out interesting games and it seemed like they had it seemed like they had a very punk rock yes kind of fucking thing going on yes and absolutely now it just seems like they've just they're they're that mom paw shop that's been swallowed by walmart kind of thing yeah and i mean that's kind of what happened like take two really does a lot of the decision making now and i know that like at least until recently the hauser brothers were part of that like board but that's how boards work man it's the same thing with bethesda and zenimax and the way that they've handled their stuff like once these big ceos are the ones making decisions in these companies they stop being punk rock i mean that's just what the nature of it you know yeah uh, but yeah, sh- everything everything has gone to like shiny casinos. Yeah, you know what I mean. Everything seems like it wants to be slot machines. Absolutely, C- pachinko. I mean, literally yeah. in some cases, pachinko machines. So yeah, yeah. I, it's 
it's really weird because you even see that like people play mobile games but not in the way that they still play like legitimate games the the money that is invested in console gaming and pc gaming is still pretty big so when's the last time you played a mobile game be honest man oh well actually not gonna lie i've been hooked on the uh tops star wars trading card app for the last three months okay uh but it's not really a game it's more just like you know picking up those trading card packages and, and it's bullshit and it's silly um but like a legitimate game sat down and actually played a thing that wasn't just looking at pretty pictures man it's been fallout shelter when it first came out maybe See, the typical mobile game nowadays is just a way to get you to watch ads for mo more mobile games. And, th and that's actually what the Topps card game is. You get free money by watching ads. Yeah, that's how really that's, silly. Every one of these little games I've been advertised on Facebook that I've tried shooting arrows at people or mm -hmm. going on the water slide thing. Like they're fun little time waster games, but man, it's just like you play a level and you watch a 30 second commercial and over and over and over again. Next thing you know, you're like, I've played this for 15 minutes. And I've watched 15 commercials. It's, it's clickbait the game. It's really strange. I, I mean, I get it. A couple <laughs> games I tried, and then I was just like, I can't do it. And they all want, you know, you want to get rid of that five bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Five it's, bucks to get rid of it. Which so is, again, just your, pray to win, you know. But. So I can play your 125 levels and be done? Like I, but I get it. There's a lot of people who aren't in my situation. There's a lot of people on trains and in buses and stuff that, have not, that are sitting on commutes and need something That's to true. do and shit. And I get that, but like if I was one of those people, I would definitely be purchasing a decent game. Yeah, I mean, especially like in this day and age, like there are legitimate games on the, the mobile market. You get fucking Knights of the Old Republic on every right. goddamn thing imaginable. See, I've know? never utilized my phone for games really ever since I've had a smartphone. I've never had games on my phone. I tried. It's not worth it. It kills so, your battery too fast. Yeah, you know? I, so I recently tried this little experiment and tried a few of these mobile games and I was just like floored how much time I spent watching ads for other mobile games. Nuts. And then it ends up being that I guess they, they try to capture that idea of fear of missing out on other people and they go, well, I got to try mm -hmm. this game now. No, I gotta tr and it's just a spiral of ads and clickbaiting and to get so, you to do nothing but waste time. So many uh, moments where you're, de you're inroaded, you're dead road, dead ended, mm -hmm. and you're just like, but you can pay $2 and you can have some coins <laughs> and we'll get you past this part. And it's like, yeah. fuck, how many people fucking hit that button? I wonder. You and know, it's like so easy. Dude, I, I'm not even going to lie. I've spent money on that trading card game. We are we are back on okay. Yeah, uh, anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. um, uh, anyway, back. Uh, so the things we have to talk about uh, uh, three and three. Let's talk about the three flicks to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched some movies. So uh, three movies. All uh, I don't know if Spike Lee's movie was originally supposed to be in theaters or not. I'm not sure either, since it's a Netflix release. Uh, I, I guess, I'm guessing. It I wasn't. think they would have pushed for it, probably though. Yeah, probably. So they to attempt some... for awards. Yeah, so uh, three movies that uh, new movies debuted digitally on Friday. They would have uh, been our in our illustrious theaters uh, mm -hmm. had things not been so wackadoo. Um, but they instead came to streaming digital video on demand, whatever apps, and Ian and I checked all three of them out. And I'm two-thirds glad we did. Yes, I am too. I am very much <laughs> two-thirds glad that we did also. So let's talk about – let's, let's – uh, what do we save the bad for? Do we, do we just break it Ooh. out? Or is, I let's mean, just, I really, let's just talk about it because I don't feel like there's much to talk about. 
No, I honestly don't really either. <laughs> so the first film that we're going to discuss is Disney's Artemis Fowl. Yes. Now, I, I, this is based on a book series. Right. Um, which I've never read, admittedly. I haven't either. I looked some stuff up about it. Uh, but no, yeah, I never checked it out myself. I, I have a graphic novel uh, adaptation somewhere, but I never checked it out. As far as the movie goes, I've seen abortion videos better than this. <sighs> Man, it is, it is uh, an hour and a half. I'll never get back. How is this? How, I mean, Disney, this is, this is John Carter from Mars all over again. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it felt like it was a 90s direct-to-video live-action movie from the 90s. It yeah, really you know, did. Like, just, it, you told me that before I started watching it, and like, yeah. as, as I'm watching I'm like, he ain't fucking wrong. It's, I mean, like the, the special effects, admittedly, are Disney good, you know, mm -hmm. so there's that. Um, but like, the, the big thing to me was like how wildly different the performances were out of each of the actors. I mean, you had some people that were just like bored to death at what they were doing, and then you had like Judy Dench fucking going for it. What well, was with Josh Gad? Josh Gad do going I, for do it. I, do I love Josh Gad or do I fucking I, hate him? I, I think I do. I can't <laughs> tell. I can't I tell which one I do because he shows up and he does this fucking Christian Bale Bat Batman oh voice God. through that the entire voice. movie. It's so bad. It's so Abed doing Batman. It is. It's, you're just going like, are you going to drop it at any point? Like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I... I I can't believe the whole time he's like, it's not a joke. They really It's a choice. I mean, the dude fucking sticks with it. It's weird how Disney has these missteps like uh, A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. Um, Tomorrowland. Yeah. John, John Carter from Mars. Um, and now this. And it seems like all of these have incredible source material. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, Tomorrowland was a new property, but man, it was right. a cool idea. Yeah, the premise was cool, you know. The premise was cool. The mar viral marketing around it was way cooler than the movie itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, how, I, I, these these don't make sense to me. Like how these movies make it past. Like how they make these how these get to budget and get to, because Disney just they know what they're doing. It seems like yeah, and they have such major missteps in some of these films. Like I can't finish these movies. I didn't finish Artemis Fowl. Oh, you didn't? I didn't finish it. I got probably an hour and some into it, and I was just like, you know what? Oh, but the I'm end was so this. important. Oh, I bet. I bet. Because I'm, I'm definitely going to be way into the other ones, so that they're never going to make Oh, yeah. It's like they're never so, coming, dude. So I just got to the point where I was like, I'm going to go downstairs and play drums. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. I'm just bored. This is not how I'm going to spend my day off. Ian can tell me the end of it. <laughs> it was so... The kid, Artemis Fowl is a fucking piece of wood he's unwatchable man he is like someone he is like a dead body that someone has put strings on his arms and is just controlling him out there he well, is, i love that there's like the like you know kenneth brano's over here being like hey it's time to emote and he's like grimace is grimace emoting do i grimace now that's about the only, only yeah. way you get out of him like a little squint and a weird mouth thing but they're not emotions like how what, who cast this movie because that kid's a fucking dog shit actor. Yeah. Judy Dench is batshit crazy. That she was actually she's the reason why I continued to watch it. I needed she to is. see more of her on screen. She was the only thing redeeming in the whole film. I mean, and um, she is playing it straighter than she's played anything in her life. That woman can do whatever she wants. And the fact that she's choosing this is like in a way a magnificent treasure. 
<laughs> you know, it's like but I kept watching Josh Gad, shit. and I kept thinking Josh Gad was going to look into the camera at some point and be in on the joke with us. <laughs> yeah, right. Like at some point, I'm just like, "Come on, dude, you're like a high profile act. Like you're right now's your moment." Yes. And I guess I guess that you'll just do what Disney fucking tells you to do because hey man, that's a big paycheck. I'm sure he's getting. You know? I know, and like, what am I going to do if someone called me and asked me to play that fucking role? I'd be there tomorrow for. Dude, I'd be you... shitting sand too. It'd be yeah. No, yeah, no problem at all. I could, I could pay. I they could pay me ten percent of what he fucking paid, and I'd show. Yeah, up. Yeah, I don't absolutely. give a fuck. I don't care at all. But like, I and feel some like people Josh do a Disney movie on the other the, hand. Yeah, could like choose different roles than this. He's not looking know. for exposure. You know, like right. Yeah, he doesn't need to be the fucking stupid giant troll or the giant dwarf. Um, it's and the, so weird. That's, Which isn't even a thing that, from the book, actually. The one thing that looked horrible was that giant troll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of rough. Horrible CGI on that, I will say. So Artemis Fowl is foul. Yeah, I wouldn't even do it for free. You know, I think, like you say, why do they do this? Because it probably, in the end of the day, wasn't that expensive. There's a lot of CG. It's like one right. location uh, when it's not, you know. So, like, it, they bank on the fact that parents will take, or, you know, would have, parents will take kids to say see anything to shut them up for a minute. You know, and, like, I'll be really honest. If, like, looking at this from just a, like, what's the premise kind of thing, like, the idea of future tech fantasy is really cool. We don't have a lot of that. This could have been a really neat thing. You know, if the book is neat, and I don't really know, but the premise there could be cool. They just didn't do something with it. How so. many movies have been like this lately, though? How many uh, movies yeah. have such a really cool premise, Mortal Engines? Yeah. And, and they just were executed so poorly that we'll never see it again. Well, and again, like something based on something, uh, uh, fucking, um, oh my God, now I'm forgetting the Orson Scott card. Um, goddamn ender's game you know it's like these mm -hmm. things that are again like really actually pretty like some of the special effects stuff in artemis fowl are really neat looking you know but it's like there's nothing to it it's just this empty sack of flesh you know that looks nice on the outside but there's nothing there when you poke it so i don't you know i don't know, I don't know why they keep doing this <laughs> i mean i would even i would even kind of i hate to say this but i would even put uh there, there's not a lot of soul behind uh ready player one yeah I mean, the as book itself is kind of soulless, to be honest. Like, I, I think that this is a fun book, and I know people will eventually at me, but like, yeah. it, it's it's not like high art either. You know, it's a silly no. book a guy wrote of a, a full of a bunch of references. But like, but I, I've watched the movie. I mean, I own the movie. I watched it several times, and just like, <laughs> it's just more wood wooden acting. Yeah, with pretty special. It's it. Mm -hmm. You know, when um, Scorsese talking about fucking comic book movies being roller coasters, that's what these things are. These are yeah. roller coasters. Yeah. You know, but they're not yeah. even very good roller coasters. <laughs> No, not at all. They're the shitty ones that you that are still around, and for some reason they keep fixing them up instead of just fucking tearing them down and building new state of the art ones. It's that shit back when IMAX first came out, and all they showed you was a really bad CG trip through a gold mine while you're yes. on a cart, and you're not even actually moving; you're just watching it on a big screen. That's that's yes. what this shit is. It's it's that. It's not even a full on roller coaster. So um, two thumbs down, I would say from one. Yeah. From, uh, each of us a thumbs down from uh, watch anything else. Foul. Yeah, yeah watch. Else. You have two other really good options right now. One of them is free if you have Netflix. So yes, you should definitely. Uh, so anyway, let's go to that. Let's uh, yeah. let's talk about the Five Bloods. The Five Bloods. Um, I thought it was really good. I don't I do. think. I think that it's getting a little more. I don't. I don't want to say talk about like like say it like this, but like. Don't tell me that the Five Bloods is the best Spike Lee movie of all time. Because the because you guys ignored him for fucking ever. 
Yes. Be, be honest and go back and tell me how good Do the Right Thing is. Absolutely. And Claw and Crooklyn and fucking she got or, uh, he got game and and Jungle Fever and all yes. these early movies of his and even Twenty Fifth Hour, which he didn't write. Oh fucking a, dude. Uh, but like, tell me about all those movies that Hollywood, or the, at least the award, the, you know, the Academy and all these people yeah. totally didn't pay attention to back in the day because he was a, you know, obviously because of a black, black dude. Actor. And <laughs> now we have to act like everything he makes is amazing because we feel bad that he never got the credit he deserved. Black Klansman's tremendous. I'm, I don't like, yeah. to take away from Black Klansman. And this movie is very, very good also. It's Man, not Spike Lee's best movie, as a lot of people are saying online. It is definitely not his best film. Well, see, I have a hard. I don't. I fucking loved this movie. I thought it was really great, especially mm-hmm. a lot of the different things that it was doing. I think that at the end of the day, uh, you know, even even the old boy remake, which we didn't need, I thought was actually done well. He didn't shy away from things that we thought that he would shy away from. Right. Like when we talk about all tour directors, Spike Lee's in that fucking list. He is Quentin Tarantino. He is Wes Anderson. He is an all tour director who has a style. And those every guys movie weren't he even. Does, those guys hadn't even made a movie. Absolutely was, no. And, and that's people, the thing. I, I will I will take it a step further. Spike Lee is Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. No, there you go. Yeah. Um, he deserves every accolade that Martin Scorsese has ever gotten. The point he, is he's in he the canon telling, of those auteurs. Yes. Those yeah. two guys are the people that tell stories about New York City. Yes. Specifically. And they do it, they tell two different stories. One yes. tells a white story and one tells a black story from two and different And they both have such a unique voice too. Their they voices do. are theirs. They and I've I've loved Spike Lee for so long and I love yeah. the things that are just so uh Spike. You know, like yeah. like like the little monologues and the little things yes. where he's got two uh things playing over each other and one of them is a person talking while another scene is playing over their face yes. almost. Or behind them and stuff like that. I love those shit. Where He's like, so stylized. It's so... And now, watching The Five Bloods, it makes more sense. His style makes more sense because it's definitely a... It's got, it definitely has a funky 70s black mm-hmm. Vietnam thing to all of it. Fuck yes. And now I realize that watching The Five Bloods. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize the Vietnam as much about it. Yeah. Until you see it with that and you're like, oh, that's where all these little trippy sequences mm-hmm. that he is putting these movies come from is kind of tied into this whole theme of the idea of the what black people went through during Vietnam being used by a country that didn't care about them. Absolutely. And I, I found that really awesome about this movie. I think that, you know, I wouldn't say it's his best work either, but I would say that if you were to distill what he does best down to a fine tincture it's this film it's like this is one of the ones that you would show if you were trying to show what makes spike lee special Mm -hmm. and i think that that's it is so stylized and it is so his voice and it does so many things to show you what he as a filmmaker was inspired by with like the 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 super eight stuff and like doing the 70s uh you know exploitation style filming of the of the the war sequences and stuff like this is really it's him really laying himself out there in a big way, I think. And he does that a lot. All of his films are very personal, but I really yeah, I was think because I could feel that I feel that way a lot about Black Klansman a lot. Too. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that this is just it's another look. We're looking at pieces of this man's brain, you know, and this is one of those ones that's really just a big chunk of what makes him who he is, you know, I think. That's what I kept thinking the entire time I was watching it though, it was just like 
Spike Lee deserves every single praise that Martin Scorsese yes. has ever gotten. Top to bottom. Absolutely. Not that Martin Scorsese doesn't deserve them also. <laughs> no, yeah. But, no, like, but... but Spike Lee's skin color has definitely played into why he has not gotten the accolades. He is most yes. definitely deserving. He has the talent to be the canon, in the canon of the greatest filmmakers to have you ever just, lived. Like, if you just go back, if, if I mean, I don't know how much of Spike's career you've watched. I don't know how many of his films that you've watched. A lot, watched. yeah. But if you're listening to this and you haven't watched a lot of Spike Lee movies, like literally go back and watch Do the Right Thing yes. to begin with. Do the right thing. And like even the stuff that Spike Lee did, like like fucking Jordan commercials and Taco Bell commercials were <laughs> right. fucking Spike Lee. Like yeah. when he did that shit, when that shit came on, that was Spike Lee. When he is playing that character in those Jordan commercials with the hat <laughs> the bill flipped up and he's always looking up at Michael and stuff like that, like it was funny and silly at the time and uh, and I, it kind of got lost in the whole pushing of atro, Afrocentric stuff during the 90s, mm-hmm. you know. But like, it's fucking awesome. Like, you go back yeah. and watch those, and they're fucking cool. They're they're Spike Lee. Like, those are Spike Lee joints. Absolutely. Those little Jordan commercials are. And like, I, man, I've always been such a big fan of his. And also, if you if you haven't if you don't know Spike Lee, also watch He Got Game. Yeah. He Got Game was a gigantic, defining film in the 90s that touched on so many things and there's so much shit i just love i love the monologues that's my favorite thing about spike lee is at some point there's going to be a moment where one of the not the main character but someone who is running into the main character that's going to give him a giant piece of advice or perspective is going to speak Mm -hmm. for a good three to five minutes and when that time when that's happening spike is going to layer video over each other yes you might see the guy speaking his like like his talking head almost like the office kind of talking heads yep. you might see shots of war and shots of from this movie or even you know shots of civil rights things shots of and 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 even like in uh, it, and he got game like it just ties everything into the black community you know like mm-hmm. but none of this doesn't have a message about being black and american none of absolutely these- except for maybe 25th hour like, or like inside man maybe an inside man yeah but like uh <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I really. And that's, that's what the. the things oh, in Hollywood is that Spike Lee is not on the Mount Rushmore of directors. It, he, he fucking he should. fucking he deserves is. every bit Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Well, and you're talking about like shooting to the camera and stuff. That's one of the things I really liked about this movie. Like you said, get to see uh, some of his influences that like when you see in something that you see in Spike Lee movies all the time, like you say that straight down the barrel monologue kind of thing and they're giving you, but here you really feel Heart of Darkness, Apocalypse Now. Like it really kind of feels that and I, I think that's cool as shit too like you're really kind of but it puts different it things that he's that done way, into different perspectives you know but it's got psychedelic Jimi hendrix dropped all over yes and it yeah it's like, if it's if he would have done heart of darkness you know yes and that's what i love like it's also kind of taking like just the old man buddy trip tropes and flipping them on their fucking head and like yeah you know in the beginning i'm even going like oh paul's gonna get us in trouble and i'm thinking like in a goofy maybe fucked up vince vaughn type way you know where the guy's gonna smart as but it's like it's so different from that and it moves to a different degree and it's so much more real and that's what i love he pulls that that shit it's movies but also this realism and this reality the, the images and stuff just like intrinsically connected to tell such a, a collage of a story that really is powerful as fuck, man. I really like this film. You know, I think that, I think that I like it more talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it a lot, but like the whole time, like I'm very particular. I, I've Spike Lee's movies have meant a lot to me. 
Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of that's going to come out in, in this thing that I've been working on that I'm writing for the website that nice. is really kind of like my swan song as far as like, I don't know, like, like oh, this, thing I, this, what I'm writing, I feel like I've, I've built my entire life towards this thing I'm writing. Right. And, uh, and Spike Lee is part of it. And, uh, and just like, I don't know, he got game and, and, mm-hmm. and just some of those movies mean so much to me. And some of those movies of his movies, getting them at a certain age are things like hip hop music that helped me transcend the super racist area I grew up in. Absolutely. And he not always, he's just, he's such an incredible storyteller that again, I don't, I have no idea what it's like to be black. I have no idea what it's like. I have no idea what it's like to grow up in a city, what, no matter what color I am, I grew up in a small (laughs) town, you know, like, yeah, but I understand, I I can, I can understand it a little bit though, because of his storytelling. He gives you a window. He, because he opened that window and let me see little stories and little bits of it. I'll never know what it's like to be black, but I can, I, I can understand a little bit more about who, you know, or I, I'll, never, I'll never be black, but I can understand more about what it's like to be there because of yeah. his stories. You know, like Absolutely. I, and like, I think that learning about other cultures, especially at a young age, instills empathy for those cultures in you. Oh, absolutely. And I think that I'm sure that there are loads of people that feel that way about hip hop music and Spike Lee mm-hmm. and things like things like that. For like, sure. And so like that's why I like I really appreciate his voice and his career and as a whole. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Do the right thing uh it meant a lot to me as well in my youth, especially like growing up with a, a fairly racist dad and like not really even as a kid understanding what any of that shit means, mm-hmm. you know, and then like getting away from him and, and experiencing those kinds of things and seeing, like you say, hearing that that story, it doesn't exactly make you fully understand, but it, it makes you realize exactly how fucked up things can be, you know, and it makes you want to do better because of what he tells you. You know, again, he, right. he opens a door that a lot of people won't be able to hear. It's something that, uh, not to spoil anything, I'm going to touch on later with uh, Dam. that, you know, th- we need individuals to be allowed to tell those stories in those ways that can connect and resonate in more than just, you know, passing whatever. These shits stick with us, you know? I don't think we could have a better episode to talk about Spike and have this Kendrick album. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like it was a perfect companion piece. Especially what's thing. going on right now, too, in the world, you know? And yeah, the, no, absolutely. It's um, so fucking prescient right now. So um, definitely, I would say, uh, without giving any... I mean, great performances. Oh, fucking um, A, dude. Throughout absolutely. the whole thing. Um, and then, you know, it's just... It, check it out. Everyone, if you... It's on Netflix. Mm. And it's it's D-A, Duh Five Bloods. Duh Five Bloods, yeah. Five Bloods. Um and it's about just a, you know a little soliloquy, not soliloquy, a little summary of synopsis. what a, synopsis of what a, I almost said soliloquy. <laughs> You're gonna put, gonna um, wax poetic. Yeah. How many times do you uh, go for a word and you overshoot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back it up a little bit, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I've never used the word soliloquy in my life. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck that came from. Um, but like basically, it's about uh, a few. Uh, guys, uh, black guys who were in Vietnam and one of their uh, one of the five of them died there and they go back to get his body and I don't want to give any more away 
yeah of what it's about other than that but they go back to retrieve his body and one of them brings his son with him yep um and that's about all you need to know man i don't want to tell any more than that because i don't want to we don't want to spoil anything because it's it's a great movie and there's a lot of got some interesting yeah it is there's a lot there's a lot to the movie really yeah i don't want to say i don't want to say twist but there's a lot of no there's a lot of plateaus things happen yeah so there's a lot of moments I do want to say sure. that uh, Jean Renault shows up and it's great to see yeah. him any fucking time he does. He looks good. Big. Yeah. looks good for his age, When's the man? last time we saw him? Is it Mission Impossible? Shit, it might have been. It's been a hot minute. I he love should, He Renault. needs to be in everything. I agree. Right now, all of a, this is how little he has been in stuff. We've never even spoke about the fact that he needs to be somebody in the MCU. Yes. Where Where has his phone call been? Where does the he just f- not give a fuck yeah. about comic books? I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that at all. And he's he would be. He was in an Anamusha game. Oh man, who could he play in the MCU? Um, he could be Stick. a really, a really interesting Magneto. Ooh, ooh, a French Magneto. Yeah. Do that. No, no, we can find somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, but yeah, it, he, we love that dude. Jean I Renaud love Jean Renault. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Classic motherfucker. Okay, and then our, so our third movie, yes, um, is the new. Uh, we go from a Spike Lee joint to a Judd Apatow joint. Yeah, um, the Judd Apatow, and it kind of not just starring Pete Davidson, but it's a collaboration between yeah. the two of them because it's loosely based on Pete's life. Yes, and they wrote it together. It's a very personal um, film. It's a very personal film, and out of the three movies, it's my favorite of the three movies. Okay, yeah, um, no, I really loved it myself. And so it, it's called The King of Staten Island. Yes. Um, I'll be honest with you. I put the movie on last night and I fell asleep and I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to it. Um, I was tired, long day outside in the pool with the boys and stuff. And I was just tired. You're the lookout and, that didn't And also out. just so you guys know, when I say in the pool with the boys, it's a, a square inflatable pool that cost me $25 from Walmart. So don't think I'm living the high life over here. <laughs> All right. I, did, I blew that son of a bitch up. Um, dad gets in and it's like a bathtub. So, uh, yes, too small for me. Yeah. Um, so I, I turned in like, I was like, man, I, 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 it's my fault because you know, you have these moments where you're not in the mood to watch something and you try to watch it. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I, think this, I don't know why this is getting so much acclaim. That really wasn't doing it for me. And I put it back on today and I was absolutely floored. I was fucking ugly sobbing. by the <laughs> ugly crying like there's because the movie is about fathers and like i so like Mm -hmm. i told you the movie is about fathers and sons and fatherless sons yes and it is so much more than what you would think a pete davidson movie is yeah i mean davidson into this moment has been the guy who was depressed on saturday night live and fucks a bunch of hot women (laughs) yeah You know, that's that's about he all. He had his heart broken by Ariana Grande. Yeah, and then he you know, came like back hard. in the sale, and um, she fucking ruined him. Yeah, and uh, the dude has got so like I am a huge fan of his, and I have been before oh, because of his stern appearances and him right. being on other things. Like I've just always been, I've always found the guy fascinating. Plus the fact that he runs around with like fucking Kanye and Kid Cudi and shit like that. Like and that. John Mulaney. And John Mulaney, you know. John yeah. Mulaney, which by the way, people find him uh, like at protests and stuff. He's actively... <laughs> John Mulaney's the best. John Mulaney, the head, the head writer from Saturday Night Live is, is like masked up down in the streets of New York right now. <laughs> He's amazing. Um, but I loved it. I love this movie so much. Yeah, I loved Marissa Tomei in it. Bill Burr. Dude, I, Bill uh, Burr fucking kills it in Bill that. Burr fucking oh does kill God. it. 
He's and, so good. And I now I understand the way Pete Davidson reacted to Howard on on Stern the other day because Howard's like, "What's it like working with Bill Burr? Wasn't he just like the craziest, funniest <laughs> guy on set? Like, how did he? And wasn't he like, wasn't he? In, isn't he romantically involved with Marissa Tomei? Like, how did he? How does he even do that? Like, how does he not just have yeah. a boner all? And like, Pete just he's like. Bilber was an absolute professional. Like he just, he, he really didn't, he didn't speak to anything about him being funny or him being, you know, Bill right. He said he came to set every day and he was an absolute professional. Then you watch his performance and you're like, Bill Burr has a lot going on. This dude, dude is a that super is, talented guy. Like Nikki said, we were losing Bill Burr in the movie. Like he is, he was that character. That was mm-hmm. not Bill Burr I was looking at. Like he has some fucking range, man. And mm-hmm. it's not to like say that I didn't expect it. I thought he was like, you know, fun and breaking bad and stuff. And I've always liked Bill Burr as both a stand up and a dude. But like he can be a fucking actor, man. He's got, he, he can go places doing shit. His performance is incredibly nuanced. It's not yes. one dimensional. No. He has a lot going on. And again, not to say it's not over the top either. Anything about, I don't want to spoil anything about this movie either, but like. It's so honest and real. Yes. Rough, but heartfelt. Yeah, absolutely. And at this point to me, I think it's my film of the year this year. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't know what I've seen this year. That's better <laughs> than that. No, I can agree with you. Um, although side note film of the year at this point, <laughs> number one movie of the year, as far as like moneymaker is Sonic the yeah. fucking hedgehog. Uh, another fucking spectacular week <laughs> we had it's just it's just killing it in the rentals and the purchases online like well it's because people watched uh tuned into artemis foul and went nope we got to get back into sonic because it was fucking better like, i think it's because people listen to our podcast and oh we yeah we're recommending the word bit. yeah <laughs> absolutely we know, we know so uh that crackers bump again double thumbs up yeah, man, I, I highly what, suggest How did it. you feel about it? I, I've been gushing. You talk. Uh, yeah, a lot of the same shit, man. I, I thought that, like, really the performances were really good. I think that, like, you know, I, I've watched Pete a lot on SNL. He's, in fact, the only reason why I kind of really stuck around uh, with SNL at all in these last few seasons. And his little bits on, on Weekend Update are, like, some of the funniest fucking things I've seen on SNL in quite some time. But when you see him play a character, he's, he's not good. He looks like he's reading from cue cards. He, he, he has a very stilted and weird way of delivering lines sometimes. Like, so he's playing Pete in this movie. And I think it really is advantageous for him because he knows this character and he knows how it feels to be this guy, you know? And I think that that really shines through. I think he is like way more nuanced than I thought Pete could be. I mean, he also doesn't do any crazy big cry act breaks or anything like that either, but like, He's fucking good, you know? And then, yeah, Bill Burr surprising the shit out of me. Of course, you know, daddy shit. I got some daddy issues. I'm always same, thinking about that kind same. of stuff. Well, we always talk about that. So, yeah, it, it hit me in some really good feels about that, uh, you know, especially connecting with, like, a new person, you know, in the mm-hmm. life kind of thing. Uh, but um, I, I really want to see Pete, Pete uh, write bigger projects and continue doing this kind of stuff. And I would say that it might be my favorite Apatow movie in a hot minute. Like, it, the the... It's my favorite Apatow movie. You know what? I might go so far as to say the same thing because I, I always get to the point where I'm fucking tired of, we even talked about it when we talked about Lady Ghostbusters, the just keeping them riffing until we can finally get a joke in a mm-hmm. mess of bullshit. And like this improving and the way that they did the stuff in this film, it just felt like human beings. It felt like Pete Davidson and these characters talking to each other. And it works way more realistically than any other pattery kind of things that... This, to I, me, I this, like the, this is what Apatow's career has been building to. Yeah. 
it, it, it is. It went from more silly, you know, uh, from knocked up and forty year old mm-hmm. version stuff like that, to through things like funny people. Yes. And now this movie, and this movie is like, this is something. This is this is a totally different thing. This is this it, is comedy, but it's not just comedy. Yeah, it's really only funny in that the people involved are just likable, charismatic, humorous individuals. Like it's not built on jokes. It feels so naturalistic. If someone and, said to you, Judd Apatow made a movie with Pete Davidson and Bill Burr, this is not the movie you think. That's no, no, I really would have thought something way more slapsticky and silly mm-hmm. and, and more like a knocked up, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but, but very, no, it's not like, that. Boston guy and a very yeah. New York guy kind of going at it. and stuff S- like Two silly goofballs making faces at each other. Man, yeah, I watch this movie and by the end of this movie, I'm just like, do I want to be a fireman? Did I miss out? <laughs> yeah. Did I miss out? Yeah. I've tried to be a fireman. And there was a tiny moment where I was just like, oh shit, man. This is like. He, Fuck, yeah. these dudes are fucking for real. Like, oh and Just man, the way like, that they communicate about the, the feelings of, the, of, of what it's like to know and live with and be mm-hmm. related to and be fire people. Like, it's, it's so great. And again, like, so real. It's a, it feels like a personal story. It feels like stories of humans. And like, again, we talk about Defy Bloods being a very personal to Spike Lee film, but like this feels personal and not over the top and stylized. It feels very real. It's like we're taking a look in on these people in this moment in their life. It's, it's great. God, I really like there's a, there's a moment it's, it's really glossed over. It happens so fast and it's not made a big deal of, and I loved it. And Pete and Howard spoke about it on Howard. And that is the moment when uh, one of the firemen talks, was talking to Pete and he says, he thanks him for his sacrifice. Yeah. And he doesn't, and it kind of gets glossed over and, and Howard brings it up to Pete and he's like, people said that to me because Pete Davidson lost his father. Nine. Yeah. father's a firefighter. Yep. And people said that to me all the time. And he's just like, I didn't understand it. I thought it was just like, thank you for your, you know, sorry for your loss, but thank right. you for sacrifice says, you know, you gave up your dad so that he could save people. And he wound up dying because of it. But like he, you sacrifice so that, this fire department could have a man that was yeah there so that a hero could exist yeah, yeah. and whew, like i'm oh, well up with tears yeah, talking same. About that. <laughs> yeah same like that's and like oh man and like howard brought it out of pete and he was just like he's like he's like it's one little moment and you guys don't talk about it much but it's the most impactful moment in the movie mm-hmm. and like it really is when you think about that and that's the moment whenever you really i even though i knew it was coming when he says it in the movie i'm like oh that's that's so much why this kid is so fucked up yeah yeah, like, it's so resonant. And I don't think he realized it until that moment. I think they should have made a bigger deal out of that moment, to be honest with you. Like, I think they yeah. should have centered on it a little bit more. But, oh, man, it was so good. It was such a great film. It, yeah, it, I agree. Um, just it's so really you know, a shame that it didn't get a theatrical release. Really. Consequence of Sound is running uh, uh, Artemis Fowl at a D minus. <laughs> just so you know. Um, They're kind of being nice to it. Yeah. It must yeah. be Judy Dench. Must be, yeah. It's definitely not Josh Gad. <laughs> uh, so another two thumbs up, like we said, for the King of Staten yeah. Island. Definitely go out Dude, there and it, check it out. I um, was even hesitant before weeks ago saying, you know, w- would I want to rent a $20 movie at home? And I am. I, it was worth every fucking penny. I would pay $20 again to watch that movie right now, even though I don't have to. But like, yeah, it's... Oh, I'll buy it when it's now, when it's Oh, fucking ain't, dude. Yeah, when yeah, it's yeah. a purchasable movie, it'll be in my collection. It's it's very, very, very good. I, Agreed. I loved it. I... I 
I can't speak highly enough of it. Like I said, it's my movie of the year so far. I hope it gets a lot of views. I hope it gets a lot of play, man. It really deserves. I'm, sh- I'm sure everything. once we have a once we have a tenant and a Black <laughs> Widow in theaters, <laughs> yeah, that, we'll see. That won't be the case, but like right now, it's my top movie. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, speaking of movies, we did get a, a Bill and Ted trailer. Yeah, we well, still have not. We still have not gotten a reveal of Kid Cudi. No, yeah, we haven't. <laughs> and I think it's because they want to keep it quiet that he's playing Rufus. Man, that would make a lot of sense, actually. Because Carlin's dead, and yeah. I think that they're going to change it to where it's a different version of Rufus. And I don't think, and kind of the way that Kid, Kid Cudi has kind of alluded to that. Okay. Slightly I don't hate on it. Twitter and stuff like that. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what else you would do. I mean, you don't cast I think George Kid Carlin Cudi is one of the coolest know, fucking people on the planet. Yeah, he sounds fantastic. All the stuff he, about him and Pete his, hanging out and shit. His like, music is very interesting. Yeah. He's a good actor. I like whenever he's in things. He, uh, like he's been on podcasts. He just seems like a very genuinely interesting dude. He's very open about his mental health issues and stuff right. like that that he's gone through. I just, I, and obviously that's another thing that I'm sure he identifies with Pete with, you know, and why yeah. and Kanye and stuff like that. But like, I, I think Kid Cudi is fucking tremendous. And he, uh, he took over for Reggie Watts. Oh, I didn't realize that. Whenever Reggie left, uh, what's it called? I can't think of what Scott Ackerman's show is. Uh, comedy Bang Bang. Yeah. Comedy Bang Bang. He took over that's for hilarious. a season. He did that for a season. Yeah. <laughs> He's a rad, rad dude. Yeah. And I think, so I'm calling it right now. I think Kid Cudi is playing Rufus. Okay. Yeah, I'm down, man. I, I, the trailer looks like a lot of fun. I, you know, I don't care. It looks delightful as fuck. It's Bill and Ted. Yeah. You know, it's fucking, it's fucking Keanu being silly again. Like, we don't get that very much. Um, weird stuff being deleted from streaming services. I mean, yeah. how, do you, how do you feel about this stuff? How do you feel about things that are from America's racist past? Uh, like, you know, like the Dukes of Hazzard's gotten taken down off of Amazon now because of the right. is is controversial because of all the Confederate flags in it. Uh, they took Gone with the Wind down off of HBO Max. Yep. No, I, I, uh, I, the the take that I like the best, I think, is the idea of taking something like uh, Gone with the Wind, which is arguably like an important film in filmmaking. I mean, it just was for the time, but mm-hmm. the things in it obviously are not so fucking great. So the idea of removing these things and then returning them with context added with a conversation about these kinds of things in Hollywood and how our culture has evolved and should evolve. I think that is actually very important to do. It's I do one of those, too. It's one and of those things that we a talk lot about. Of shit from people. And I don't understand it. You know, it's the same thing with like the statues shit. Like I understand like we don't want to erase history. We're talking about giving context to history, which is in fact building on history, not erasing it at yeah. all. Yeah, I would say it's the statue is a little different because the statues like are legitimate. Yeah, no, I mean, I it, it's yeah, no, we can, we can get rid of those, but like, but I mean, we don't need to forget that those captured, people existed either. Yeah, we need to understand that that that, sure. that that folks like that exist and that we need to not have them fucking around again. Right. But we need context to why they're there, not just letting them be without talking about it. And the same thing with the movie. A movie can stand on its own. Did you happen to see shouldn't. Sam Rhodes's uh, post about statues? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, it's so funny. She's like, how will children learn? I know when I was a child, we burnt all our books and we learned from the statues. <laughs> we, would go, we would go to the statues and that's how we would learn about our history. Just and, now, and now no one will know about history anymore because the books have all been burned because we used the statues for so long. It's so, it fucking, so fucking funny. It's great. But I agree. Like, I, think, I think that taking that stuff away for good is silly. I don't agree with banning or censorship in any way. Well, I also don't. It's, it's I way don't different. Like, 
when something is blatantly racist. Yeah. But this, these are things that are depicting a time in our country which happened. Yeah, but it's also not depicting it in a natural way. It's, oh, it's no, that's true. Fictionalized, cutesy, that's, and that's why we version. need the context. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, it's it's not just like a flat out. It's not like it's white supremacist videos. No. Um, it's just it shows how we were fucked up back then. And I mean and censorship to fiction, by the way. I don't mean like mm-hmm. please censor Nazis. I don't like hate speech. I am I am uh, all about the the tolerance paradox. Do I not censor intolerance, but don't censor like. Art. Don't censor Nazis' faces. Let those. We need out. to know that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let, yeah, definitely don't blur those out. What is mute them and faces. show their faces? That's the trick. <laughs> Somebody posted a hilarious uh, fake article today about how Trump wants to replace some of these uh, statues with the statues of the man who killed Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. He killed. He killed himself. Yeah, that's <sighs> the whole joke. Is that. That, that's uh, yeah so i thought that was pretty funny i can't do this anymore <laughs> I, I, I think it was a like an onion type article oh, okay, I, don't, okay. yeah, I don't think it was real but still that's okay. so funny well, it's hard we, to tell anymore why don't we put up, yeah why don't we put up statues of the guy who killed hitler i'm sure people would love that <laughs> um but yeah a historical context is very important and i think that yeah again like we don't need to delete them completely but we need to understand why there are problems with them and why absolutely. we shouldn't think the way that those things uh you know portray stuff so mm-hmm um star wars squadrons whoo yeah i'm i'm All we have is a poster and we're fired up i know well i'm also like i'm as i'm as equally excited as i am trepidatious man because like it's ea again and we know how ea launches especially go but a motherfucking flight game again that's just that like that's what i've been asking for for the last 15 years like i miss fucking x-wing fighter and uh fucking tie fighter like those were such good games so yeah, give us some flight shit. Yeah, I'm really excited too. I think this is a fucking dope. Yeah. There's supposed to be like a single player mode. It's going to probably be a pretty short little story, but I mean, oh, I don't expect... Oh, is mostly going to be an online type of thing? Is that I'm assuming that that's what it's going to be. Because I mean, that's what Battlefront is. It's what sells yeah. EA. You know how they are. Uh, yeah. So it'll... like, And I liked the, the Battlefront 2 um, single player story. It's actually really fucking decent. You mm-hmm. play as a, an Imperial pilot. Um and it's it's really fascinating and an interesting look, but it's it's like four hours long, and then they want you to buy crates, you know, in the rest of the game. Yeah. But uh, but uh, I will say the one thing I really liked in Battlefront Two, even though it's kind of like pretty simplified first person style shooting, was the aerial combat. That's the shit I actually keep coming back to. It's one of the only online games outside of Elder Scrolls and Red Dead I've actually given a try. Uh, so I'm excited for more flying, but I don't expect it to be much more than just uh, you know multiplayer. Uh, death matches and ships but see what i would love for it to be is i would love for it to be wing commander yes just a long sprawling story with tons of flight missions yeah that would be great i mean and oh. like there and that's one of the things that makes me really wish that ea could lose the licensing for star wars because mm-hmm. we have like the ace combat series is such a fucking sick series the flying is really tight yep the story is very fun everything looks super good if we had somebody who makes flight games make a star wars flight game it'd probably be the raddest fucking thing ever yeah. but we got loot boxes so we got to deal with that for now i guess but yeah i'm still fired it's fucking it's fucking star wars game man. i gotta fly some ships yeah. if there's a b-wing in it i'll shit my pants so there's gotta be <laughs> all right so we've come to that point yeah in the show for us to speak a little bit about some music to you, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Not just any kind of music, hip-hop music. Yeah. Which I would say is the true 
American music. Absolutely. Um, more so than rock and roll or anything like that. Uh, country, any of that stuff. I would, say, I would say the most American of all musics is. Absolutely. Music. It pulls um, from every root, man. And nobody does it like we do it. Absolutely. Nobody. I mean, there's some people around the world who make a little hip hop here or there that's pretty good or pretty good, but hip hop. You know, I love the streets. Yeah, yeah, of course, Dizzy Rascal. There's a few, <laughs> there's a few hip hop people in, uh, you know that are around the world that are good, but not like this. For the most part, and let's be honest, for the most part, hip hop comes from two places: New York City and Los Angeles, and Atlanta. Atlanta's yeah. really blown Chicago. up. Chicago, Chicago. There are other places, but like hip hop grew in two places. Yep. New York and, and LA, and and then it spread to these other places, you know, and uh, and the South, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. is, I I really shouldn't have said it like that because I really discounted <laughs> the South, but the South is a, is its own thing on its own, and Houston, you know, but like you hear that Atlanta, Josh is coming for yeah. you, but really, but really, like hip hop began in New York City, and then and and rose up on both coasts mm-hmm. in this country, and then spread out throughout this country, and it is the most American of all musics. Absolutely, and I'm sorry if you uh, if you're racist, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway. But uh, <laughs> at all, yeah. But uh, sorry if that hurts your sensibilities. But you know, it's it's far more uh, American than your yeehaw country music, which mm-hmm. is just which is just a little twangy Irish folk music. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> music, cool. so here yes. we go, ladies and gentlemen. This amazing part, our favorite part of the podcast. Oh yes, Ian discovers a hip hop album. My man Ian will listen to some hip-hop The next week he'll tell us if he liked it or not Do you like Jay-Z or N.W.A. Or did it not move you in a significant way? Ian discovers a hip-hop album And then we talk about it totally random Hey Ian, we're gonna raise your street cred About hip-hop, you'll be a total egghead Okay Here we go. Um, so this week we are talking about uh, Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Damn. Um, which this album came out, what, two years ago? Three years ago? Yeah, I believe so. Let's 2017 see. probably? 2017, yep. Yeah. Um, and instantly, instantly this album went to the, up, like the high echelon <laughs> of hip-hop. Music. Yeah, like immediately. And that's how everything that Kendrick has put out. These past few albums of Kendrick's have just been, and I, I've used this this phrase more than once about him and on this podcast, but it's really a genius at work. We're really yeah. watching a master at something just to go from Good Kid, Mad City, mm-hmm. which is just quintessential Compton, LA, West Coast hip hop music. Yes. With a story. It's also a concept album that has a story running through, which is... Mm-hmm beyond what most people do in hip-hop absolutely then to switch this and to go to to pimp a butterfly mm-hmm. which is like tupac and miles davis did acid <laughs> and had a child together yes <laughs> and it, it is just dripping with fucking genius uh this even the the b-sides and the shit that didn't make it <laughs> dude the b-sides album was my favorite album of that year it's so good the, it's nuts that only came out because lebron <laughs> They weren't even releasing that stuff. A lot of those untitled yeah. were, were one-off songs that Kendrick would perform somewhere live. Like he would, he would do the Tonight Show. Instead of doing something off of To Pimp a Butterfly, he would do Untitled Six. Holy shit. And like that's how these things started happening. He would, be doing these, he would show up at these places and he would just perform at one time. And be like, that's how that's going to be. And then at one point, LeBron starts tweeting the guy who runs uh, Topo. 
Top Dog, the guy who runs uh, Top Dog Entertainment, TDE. Right. Uh, and was just like, when are, we, when are you releasing those untitleds? <laughs> like, when are all these coming out? And like, after LeBron started tweeting about it, they released them. That's awesome. So that's how Untitled Unmastered came to be. Um, but then after that, to come back with Damn, um, a lot of people at first really, I think I read some reviews where people were saying it was a step back after To Bimpa Butterfly. Oh, man. And because it's not as avant-garde jazz. Yeah, but it's But like, this uh... album is kind of the blackest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> yeah, dude. Absolutely. And I mean that in a beautiful way. Yeah. Like nothing I like it's and that's coming from a white person, obviously, but like <laughs> but like that album is so good it makes a white person say black is beautiful, you know, yeah, like absolutely. to listen to that album. And um oh, I wanna know what you think about it because I could talk about it. I could literally give a master class on this album. It is <laughs> it is amazing to me. I'm looking, I have the vinyl next to me. Oh um, nice. Uh so what did you think? I mean it, it's I can't help but be reductive when I talk about something like this. You know, I can't help but just be like, well, it's fucking incredible. Like, yeah, no shit, it's fucking incredible. It's Kendrick Lamar doing something just overtly original again. Uh, but I really enjoyed... That is one thing about this segment is like, it's not like we're just reviewing what came out this week. We're reviewing... Yeah. The cream of the fucking crop uh, in this I'm one not exactly genre of music. News. Yeah. yeah, you know, but it is. I would like, like to see one of these weeks though, where I bring you some like classic album. You'd be like, "Nope, thought it was shit." <laughs> it I'm, I'm ready for one terrible. of those. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, you know, and that's kind of always been the hard thing about doing this uh, this show or this segment is that uh, I'm always having to like fucking judge everything on the highest bar imaginable. But even then, like this album fucking kicks that bar out the goddamn window and into the stratosphere, man. It's like, I, w I don't think it's a step back at all. It's a step sideways. It's a totally different direction that he's moving, but with just the same amount of like passion and invention and experimentation that he did with the Pimp a Butterfly, it just is more grounded and slightly more personal in a way that's that's way more relatable i think uh to i think everybody i think like as i'm listening to this shit you know it's one of those things where he he has messages that fucking everybody needs to hear white folks need to hear it black folks need to hear it like the things that this dude is fucking talking about and the perspective that he is giving is not only unique but is also so uh deeply broad in a way it's about human stuff and it's about feelings and that's where like a lot of this stuff in this album really comes from that i love so much like I think fear is the one that really touched me the most as far as like being something that every fucking person, I don't care if you like hip hop or not, like you should probably hear that fucking song and you should hear that perspective. Um, it, it, he really does justice to the idea of the genre of conscious hip hop. Like this is a dude who is saying the shit that like punk rock would have said for that group of people. But you know, for the, the, the black community that needs to to fucking have this shit said you know it's and heard by everyone no i totally agree i think that i i don't understand how so many people have so much to say <laughs> or like there's so few like i don't understand like how a person like kendrick lamar has so much in yeah him. like this album like and also shout out to this motherfucker to make for making bono cool right yeah i was sitting there going wow i actually love this bit like when I, that when the fucking ooh. track list came out because like like a few days before the album came out the track list came out and like right when it says 
you know, Triple uh, X featuring U2, U2, you're like, what the fuck could this be? Why is... Because you start to think about, <laughs> like... Line? You start to think about U2's music and how a rapper would work in that. Yeah. And you don't think about the fact that... First of all, Bono knows a lot about hip-hop music. Oh, really? He is a person that... Dude, Kanye opened for U2 early on. <laughs> no shit. You know, like, they, they were... He... he he definitely listens to a lot of fucking music and I don't like Bono necessarily, but like, I do think that he actively listens to what's going on in music. The same with Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney listens to shit that you wouldn't believe that he listens to. You know, he, he soaks that shit up and it doesn't come out in his music. It's not like he's going to put something out. I mean, he has worked with Kanye and Rihanna and shit. I mean, um, and done some pretty interesting stuff, but like, for Bono, like, I don't know if Bono, I almost feel like he probably got in touch with Kendrick Lamar and was like, we want to work with you. I, I don't, I really don't feel like it was, yeah, maybe it was, I don't know, but like. I mean, I can see Kendrick being the kind of guy to like, let's get want to try shit out with anybody, you know, yeah. just to, just but to mix it up. In that fucking, it's not a place. Just He's just crooning. He, yeah, he uses it so, ah, it's so good. Yeah, that song is so fucking kick ass. It is. Humble was the lead single. Yes, and I get it, dude. That fucking um, song, good god. Oh, the video is amazing too. It is. Oh, I love it. It's really, really good, and uh, it's yeah. Just nobody pray for me. They better not die for me. Oh man, it's the black of the berry came out really early, right? Um, but it did have a video and stuff. But like, he performed that on something. He performed the black of the berry on, on like Conan or something. Oh shit. Um, he. It's just man. It's so fucking good. Or the black of the berries on to pimp a butterfly. I'm off. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, that doesn't see the yeah. the thing that I liked. I was reading up on it a little bit and uh, found out that the the beat for humble was originally recorded uh for like Gucci Mane was like with Gucci Mane in mind. And uh-huh. I'm like, that either says something about like the beat, or am I am I missing out on something with Gucci Mane? Because <laughs> that's a fucking sick. Uh, He's, he is it's not so my kinetic. guy either, but Guwap is huge, dude. People fucking okay. love him. Um, so let's go through this. So blood, yes, just and like the way that these these kind of like pride, humble, lust, yeah. love, um, fear, God, the one you know, word like, emotion thing, and and, and and they kind of connect to each other. So we start with blood, mm-hmm. and which is just an intro. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's just that uh, nice little setup. Yes, and then and then we kick into DNA, dude, and it's like a total shift in tone. It's like such a, a raw song. Talk about a cool music video too, Don Cheadle, and that was mm-hmm. fucking great. To um, me, DNA by this song by Kanye or by Kanye by Kendrick Lamar, ooh. DNA, DNA is the musical equivalent of 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 him saying, "No, my name's not Toby; it's Kunta Kinte." Right? Fuck yeah, dude. There's such yeah. a like. I got royalty. I got loyalty inside my DNA. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's such, and it's so weird for two of the whitest people on the planet to sit <laughs> and talk about how great it is to hear an artist like this celebrate his blackness, but it really is. Yeah, it's and really, it really is. It's really, when you love other cultures, it's beautiful to watch them Fucking celebrate and, and love themselves. And it's whoever it is. Yeah. And, uh, Nobody celebrates their culture, by the way, better than my fucking Hispanic friends. Those guys. Are <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Those guys love life. Those, um, it's beautiful. Um, so then you go into, uh, you go from DNA, which is very uh, raw and it, yeah. 
kinetic as fuck. That's a, there's a, that's one word that I found myself. I went over my notes and I was looking at it and I was like, all right, how many things did I say uh, are incredibly amazing and relatable messages that people need to hear? And then also kinetic came up a lot. I mean, this this album really moves. Even like the smoother tracks have a real powerful motion to them. Um, and yeah, fucking DNA going into ya is a really interesting again shift in pace, which I love that track. Uh, so then you go into Yah. Yeah. And Yah, Yah is this whole like laid back. It's so chill and, and stoned groovable. out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then there's something super fucking black about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you like that. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it's 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 ho- it's hollers back to Africa. It seems like like that's how all of his music seems like to me. Like it is a there's a thread. It's layered and through, stuff and, through yeah. all of black history and in, in every word that he chooses. And there's like such a, a like poetic uh, movement to the way that the flow is in this, like his lyrics and, and the way he delivers them are very just like, yeah, poetically beautiful, you know? So let me go to element. Yeah. That's another um, crazy one. That beat is so fucking complex and interesting. It is. It's really awesome. And uh, um, I wish I could play it on here. I just feel... I feel... <laughs> yeah, it's hard just kind of like talking about them in a vacuum. I'm willing to die for this shit. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, and through the whole thing, he's got Kid Capri DJing and doing all these DJ holler outs. Right. And like Kid Capri is such a classic part of hip hop. When I talk about going to that Puff Daddy and the Family show in 97, Mm -hmm. Kid Capri spun between those acts. Oh, that's awesome. Like that's how long he's... uh, Okay. And he, I just love that that's who he uses to host this thing. Like, it's a mixtape. Well, and that's, like, one of the things that, like, while I'm listening to it, too, you know, and you, you see all these different experimental things that he pulls from and the way that he builds his beats and, and the stuff like that. And But there is a lot of, like, for lack of a better word, like, tropes of hip-hop that he uses mm-hmm. very different. Like, he uses them in a similar way that we've heard in other hip-hop, but he uses them to a means that is – or a means to an end that is uh, different from any way that you've ever heard it. It's, it's familiar but at the same time unique. And mm-hmm. uh, I love that, being able to, like – see him use these very standard tropes to tell a very important and, and nuanced message. It's, it's pretty great. And then we go into feel. Yes. Which, which feel is, uh, is a great song, but it's, it's kind of a, one of the forgettable ones for me. Dude, that's my favorite album. Or my favorite song. It's my favorite song. song. Really? Yeah, dude. There's a lot of stuff that I could sit here and go, this is groovable. This is jammable. And there isn't a single track on here that I didn't fucking love and didn't bump to. Oh, yeah. When I say feel is one of the least, my least favorite songs on the album, it's still light years beyond what anybody else is putting out. I just mean that like when I listen to Kendrick, especially what, and it goes back to kind of like my opening statement is that 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 conscious hip hop thing that he's bringing to it, feel to me has the most impactful and like resonant and look at, at something that I think anybody could listen to that track and uh, like 
empathize and can feel with it and can connect to it in some way because we all fear. And I mean, we all kind of do all the things that he talks about, but fear sure. is such a primal feeling for us. Sure. And that song, See, just, I would say all the things you're saying about love. And I think that, don't get me wrong, like love is really great, but at the end of the day, like the, the fear is, I don't know, it's, it was so much more emotionally impactful to me. Every time it came on, I had to stop whatever I was doing. And I just like, okay, wow. I sat with it and I meditated with it. And it's the shit that I'm thinking about right now, I think is why it really set with me in this moment. You know, the, the, the fucking world is terrifying right now. And it kind of has been for a hot minute. And as much as we talk about it, we don't ever really as a, a society sit and seriously talk about it and figure out what that means. We just kind of keep bullshitting. But like, Something like this that is such a, you could play this track for someone and they could get a whole new perspective about why someone else is afraid. And I think if we all realize what we're afraid of and that most of it's actually bullshit and that a lot of it is things that if we just sort of worked together more, we would fear a lot less. And, and I think it's a very important message. And that's what at its core- I feel like always I should give this song more of a crud. I feel like I've, I've slept on this song now. Dude, gotta, it- Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get back into feel. I mean, there's just like, there's the, the kinetic pace to it. It's just passionate and true. It feels fucking, it, it, yeah, man, it's, it's personal. It's very personal feeling, but at the same time, it's so broad and so connecting. Like, man, it, it really, it really resonated with me, I think. That's awesome. I, I, I love that. Um, I, and then we get to loyalty. Oh my God. I'm such Rihanna. an idiot. I realize right now that I'm, I was talking about fear that whole time. Not oh. feel. I'm sorry. I do See, like I always <laughs> thought feel was a little forgettable. I do it's, like feel, but, <laughs> good, but yeah, yeah. Fear on the other hand oh, is Jesus. fucking amazing. Sorry yes. about that. Let's, That's let's go idea. back. Everything about that was about fear. That okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. Okay. No. Strike that. Reverse it. Um, but lo so loyalty my chicken scratch is obviously like more the radio song yeah absolutely off it this album feels but still even in a even in the song loyalty he switches things up and i don't know if people really listen to this but he sings and rihanna raps yeah yeah I he's doing that. the loyalty 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 <laughs> he's doing all that kind of this is the you know secret society he's doing all those parts and then she's yeah doing the little uh who you're loyal to, you're loyal to. You know, she's doing the fucking, all her stuff is almost wrapped out. Yeah. It's um, like a cool switching. And I think that, like, he gets things like that out of other people. And other people come and they show up to a Kendrick thing and they know that it's going to be different. And, like, yeah. they show up to, to make art, not just to make a, a track. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he calls you in for a reason. You know, it's not just because you are... Like, I mean, yeah, anybody could call in Rihanna because she's fucking Rihanna. But, like, he's doing it because he knows he can do something with her talent. But even then, like, like he doesn't even use her talent the way that the way right. pop music uses it. Uh, yeah. She's not in there. He just pulls out something yeah. different. I want to dance in the dark. She's not doing her shit. Like, <laughs> she comes in and does what he tells her to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I think that's pretty – and she's more than willing to do that. Um, and I think that's that speaks a lot about his – influence on hip-hop absolutely and what he means to hip-hop um i just I, and then you go to pride um and i think in a song like pride you start to see, you start to see the beginnings of what he would do with the uh black panther soundtrack yeah um or what he had done with the black Panther. it almost seems like it was something from that session mm -hmm. um a lot of it seems like and i love i love pride but it's i do too it's, it's also another forgettable one kind of compared to the other songs on here 
Yeah. Again, um, I like the message in it a lot. I think mm -hmm. that like the the philosophy and introspection is something that really needs to be I, hip hop I, more. I totally uh, agree. But it also, but, but but it doesn't. It, it's hard to stand up to humble. Yeah. No. Absolutely. As a, as like a track that's going to get you fucking moving and get you really paying attention. Yeah. Humble is like it comes in hard, and it's so catchy. That's the one that got stuck in my head. Humble more than became, any of them. Humble is now like a, a song that's played at sporting events. <laughs> I can imagine that. Sit yeah. down. Be humble. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like whenever, like whenever it's football team scores, uh, you know, they, they tell the other team sit down, be humble. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> It's uh, just a fucking banger, man. That's so it good. is. Oh man, it it's is obvious a hit. So when I was good. like reading the stuff, and it was like, yeah, and then it immediately jumped to the you know number one on the Billboard charts. I was like, yeah, of course it fucking did. That's that doesn't really seem like news to me. That song is so fucking good. Just like and like, even just the open. I remember syrup sandwiches and grandma allowances. <laughs> like, like even that. Like you like that. I love hip hop where you need to go back and look and figure out what the fuck they're talking about because you're yeah. too white. It's like historical it. documentation, yeah. It's, and it's like, 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 hold on, what the fuck? I am too white to understand what soup <laughs> sandwiches and gram allowances are. I need to go look and see what, okay, all right. You know, like, uh, uh, like I love that. I love, because that to me, that is speaking on culture. And that is. Yeah, it's that, that is, opening that window thing, mm -hmm. you know, that we it's, talk about. And like, I'll, like I'll, I'll, it'll make a lot more sense in my paper, but like that breaks down. When you humanize or, or just pull the curtain back on what life is like for people who aren't like you breaks down barriers absolutely in a lot of ways and like and and things like that like man i i can't express enough how much that shit means to me and how thankful i am when i hear things like that when i listen to you know tupac a lot mm -hmm. of tupac and the stories he told and stuff like that and like i feel like i i get choked up and get thankful because i know i could have turned out to be a way different person yeah absolutely if i hadn't ran into that stuff in a lot of ways i think you know i could really i could be viewing the world right now what's going on in a way different way if 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 i hadn't gotten things if i hadn't gotten exposure nas. you got that exposure yeah, yeah. If i didn't get nas if i didn't get big right if i didn't get tupac if i didn't get tribe called quest when i was a kid mm -hmm. like, i don't feel like i would be who i am right now absolutely and, and, the, and that's why I say hip hop saved my life. But um, uh, then we get to love. Oh, I think we skipped over love. Oh, we skipped so, lust. We did. So skip I mean, lust. it's yeah. that's just a highly listenable groove. I feel like like there's oh, really it's nothing super, more. Oh, super. Yeah, just so listenable. Um, and the, but then we get to love, and to mm -hmm. me, love is like top five songs of all time for me. Nice. In any genre of music. Yeah. I think it is a masterpiece of a song. Maybe not top five, but definitely, definitely top. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Oh, wow. And it's definitely one of my favorite songs in, in hip hop history ever. Wow. I just, I think it is so creative. Mm -hmm. I think it is so beyond what anybody else in the hip hop game is even thinking about doing. Like, I don't think, I think that we listen to it and it just sounds like a track. Right. But to make a song like that, being the hardest MC from Compton, you know, like, I don't think we realize how much balls it takes to be that creative and be that open and like that uh, to be a, rap, to real, be a rapper like, that has loved the same woman from for his whole adult life basically yeah and doesn't go out and chase after women and like writes literally writes love, love writes writes love songs about 
his high school sweetheart. He's not right. Like that is so not hip hop. That's absolutely rare. Yeah, no, for even sure. even hip hop that is about love, like songs like "The Light" by Common or "Come Close" by Common. Like, <laughs> it's still not as deep as like we've been together since we were kids. Yeah, and like, and I am now the most famous musician in my genre. And I still am going to sit here on this album and write arguably the greatest hip hop love song for this woman. <laughs> right. And like, just man, just, you know, I'm on my okay. way. I, I like the, I love it. I love it so fucking much. And I love, you know, all, how it sounds like what the song structure itself. I love it. Yeah. No, it's a very However, beautiful I song. Play, my sister and I play it. Nice. And I play it on acoustic and she sings, uh, which is actually a guy, Jeremy, who does all the, uh, stuff but the and then i do kendrick's parts and i just i i love it i i heard that song and like it, it took me a while to get into the rest of the album damn really it's one of those songs like you ever <laughs> you ever get a new album and like one and of the songs yeah is so good that you're like i'm gonna listen to this song for the next two weeks you get stuck on it yeah and then i'm gonna go back and check the rest of this album out because that's just how i have to do it because Absolutely. i am so enthralled by this song okay i'm, I'm seeing it in a different light not that like i i didn't you know, like, again, it's a fucking beautiful groove. And like you say, it is really sweet. And I did notice that, but that's not something that like, as somebody with the, with kind of a limited view on hip hop really thought about, but like, you're absolutely right. It's a very unique uh, perspective and it's fucking amazing to have something like that amongst an album like this. Like, and he made like the statements that he's making are not statements that you make in hip hop. You don't right. make, you don't make statements about things like uh, you're a homie for life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, and like, I don't know, just like, there's little imagery, like when he says, hit that, hit that shoulder lean. Like, <laughs> I, I see a woman leaning on her man's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like, I see that. And like, whenever he says stuff like, um, all feelings go out, these feelings don't drought. You know, like this party won't end. Right. Like, that's a hip hop way of like, these are like, these are like vows. Yeah, this, absolutely. This song, is, this song are like wedding vows. If, if the hardest rapper in the fucking world was going to write them. <laughs> that's and, incredible. And write them in a very, and then the second verse is every single fucking, every single uh, uh, syllable in this is constructed geniusly from mm. the from the first word to the end of it. There is not a single part of it that he didn't think over a million times and write it perfectly. Right. It is. It is a perfect verse, and like the way that he goes through it is just like it sounds like, you know, a hot knife through butter. He doesn't fumble <laughs> over a single word, and it's complicated. I'm on the way. Yeah. He ain't got no time to waste. Popping your gum on the way. Am I on the way? I don't want to pressure you none. I want your blessing today. Oh, by the way, open the door. By the way, like all of it. If you read it, <laughs> all of it makes sense. And like, yeah, when he talks about like, um, when he's talk, like he's talking about meeting this girl when they're younger. You know, like right. He's talking about pick up the phone for me, babe. Like these are the back in the days when they don't, when they didn't have, you know, and like when he says bad attitude from your nanny, curbs and hips from your mammy, like he's talking about her family. <laughs> right. It, it sounds like it sounds lustful, but like, like he, this, he's trying to show with these next two songs that love and lust are next to each other. Right. And, you know, and like he's talking, when he says, remember Gardena, I took the studio camera. I know tap up. I know top will be mad at me. He's talking about, he took, a video camera from a recording studio there's in Gardenia so make a sex tape with his wife. <laughs> it's what he's talking about, but he's like, I had to do it. I want your body and music. I bought the big one to prove it. But he's talking about her wedding ring, you know, like, like, that's awesome. And I think that's important because I don't think that people, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that people make sex romantic enough. 
No, I agree with that. I think it's a dirty thing that people do to a lot of people, and doesn't. It's not. It's not. It's part of the romantic thing. But like he, he's talking about like man, like like. You know, I want your body and music. Like that's mm-hmm. the th- that's the only things I give a fuck about in this life. You know, like right. It's a statement, and I fucking love this song. And I love that. Like, I don't know. I just I love it. And the, no, it's the, great. the video is genius. It's okay. Beautiful. If you watch it, it's so well made. I think this is the shining star of the album, and like I. I think it's the high point of his career. Okay. At this point, that's nice. how that's how much I that's how much I love it. I really, I love love. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I love love. It's beautiful. Um. So yeah, this is let me kick in a triple X. So let me go right into yeah. uh, um. Into that great song with with Bono. Yeah, which is very interesting. It's like. Uh, another you know can powerful lyrics thing it's but yeah bono uh tolerable <laughs> and like not only tolerable actually dug his little his little bits like he's fucking crooning and it's pretty rad and not something i often say i mean like i don't like bono i also don't really care for you two all that much uh so like yeah that's good made made bono not annoying that's uh, another thing kendrick can add to his list of fucking incredible talents it really is <laughs> he should be commended for it yeah absolutely but I love it. I love the thing that he that that they come in and do, and the way mm-hmm. that ba- the drum beat kick changes and it yeah. becomes them playing the song instead of instead of the produced beat. It turns into U two playing that song, and it, you know, right. it's not a place. This it's just it's very interesting, and like I want to know how I want to hear that songwriting session. I want to know yeah, same if they wrote that that together. If that was something that one of them presented the other, I want to know how that happened because that's yeah, no, I agree. That's really it's very cool. And there's never a point when I've ever, I've ever listened to it and been like, are you, fuck. <laughs> why Bono, is this here? Yeah, yeah. God, why is Bono on here? It's awesome. And Bono Every time I'm him, pleasantly surprised. Bono yeah. him, I start singing like, fuck right. yes, Bono, let's do this shit. <laughs> I like it so much. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play Beautiful Day after this. I'm just going to do it. Just, for Bono. <laughs> just because just this is so Bono. Cool. So next is fear, and we've talked at length yeah. about fear. Goodness, uh, yeah, I've made I've made myself. I didn't realize we were at the time, but uh, I, now, yeah. that talking, now that I know that we're talking about fear, fear is a dope fucking song. It's so good, dude. Um, it, yeah, it, again, resonated very hard with me. Uh, Everybody should listen to that, hip hop liking or not. Fucking yeah. listen to that song. And then we start to get like, God sounds like heaven. Yeah. Is that weird to say? Like, it sounds like heaven to someone who's not religious. It's like a, it's, it varies like a peaceful winding down. But it's, his, it's bigger than but, the universe. Yeah, absolutely. When he, when he, make, when he shouts, was, that's what God feel like. Like it's mm-hmm. fucking, it's so big. Like it, it, yeah, him, him feeling his power, his peak power, you know. And, and it's, uh, but it's such good songwriting too. The mm-hmm. melodies in these songs are so yeah. not, they're not just simple hooks that someone sat down with someone and a beat was going there like and then right. we're riding and then we rolling. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not like the, and there's a part there's a place for that in hip hop music. Oh for sure. But like that's not what this is. This is legitimately writing choruses and verses and and songwriting. It's true hip hop yeah. music. Like it's as, truly using musical theory and, and stuff to build as the, much as we we were saying that uh you know, as much as, as we're saying Spike Lee is, is Scorsese, mm-hmm. you know, in this in this moment, Kendrick Lamar is, you know, Neil Young. He's mm-hmm. he's anybody who's he's Dylan, he's yeah. Bowie, he's anybody who is a, a serious artist. He's he's no he's no less than like the days with that hip hop is a less than 
genre over. Absolutely. But not totally because there's still shit hip hop. Yeah. Shit rock music. There's too, sh- yeah. Like, there's always going to be shit music. Cause... But now there, we're in a day whenever the heights of hip hop are reaching the heights of rock music. Yeah, absolutely. The people who are doing it well are, are getting like true artists, true auteurs and, and people who are going to evolve the genre in the music of music in ways that it will be affected forever. You know, yeah. like the, the tagline for our, this podcast, you know, what we are, what we really stand for, which is Kanye's <laughs> Bowie. Um, you know, that stands true. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but for real, like, like whenever you talk about, for every for every move, bitch, get out the way. <laughs> there is love. Yeah. You know, for for every you know silly, fucking you know old old whatever road, uh, <laughs> or whole, old horse road, whatever that fucking whatever that fucking I don't remember what that little Nasek song is even called now. I don't either. Um, old town road. Old town road. Yeah. I was, luckily my kids are too young to give a fuck about that song. Oh, you're I, so I'm, good. I've probably heard that song five times in my life. Luckily, yeah, five or same. six times. I've managed to avoid it pretty hard. It's great. I, was, I really lucked out on that. <laughs> um, uh, but so then Duckworth is the finale of the album. Yes. And which is like such a, it's, it's a song about him. Yeah, storytelling at its finest. Yeah. yeah. And that's, again, like something that really I loved about uh, uh, Good Kid, Mad City. Just like that yep. storytelling that he's, uh, we talk about how experimental and, and musical he can be, but he also nails that ability to tell an incredible story through hip hop, which is what it, I are arguably is a, a very important part of hip hop, I think. Uh, yeah. go, going back to its blues roots type stuff, you know. Without but a doubt. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. I fucking really enjoyed this track, too. Uh, Very I did dark. too. And so, did you did you try listening to the special edition? And listen to I it did. in first order. Okay. How did you I feel did. about that? Um, it's neat actually because it really does have a, a completely different sort of flow to it. Kind of tells a different uh, story in the way it ends. It does. With, it, the way it ends with the radio, the, the television broadcast. Yeah. Oh man, I really enjoyed that. Like the just um, the way that uh, DNA leads into uh, blood is really really good i liked that way a little bit better um but i, I liked awesome. it i liked um sort of the delayed delayed gratification of getting here to hear the hits at the end that's kind of neat um because it really is like the most of the hits are, are sort of front loaded uh in this album but uh it's cool i don't really i can't really say which i liked better i think that they're both unique enough experiences to be they taken are. in their own ways you know i'm gonna sometimes feel like throwing the collector's edition on i'm gonna sometimes feel like throwing the regular way on that they both work in such a way that they might as well be two different albums even though they're not even though they're very much not it's really cool it, i think it, and like people gave him a lot of shit he's like oh really you're gonna release the same album backwards and act like that's something like and then you listen to it and you're like oh fuck it does make sense differently yeah, he fucking knew what he was it's a palindrome album like he knew what he was mm-hmm. doing it's very cool and again and, super unique Three years ago, so, and the good news is we're going to get a new Kendrick album any day. No shit. It's complete. We just, it's, it's verified that it's done. Squeak. Um, so it will be released any time now. We're just waiting to hear, you know, a release date or, or yeah, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll Beyonce that motherfucker and we'll just wake up one morning and it'll be there. <laughs> that would be an amazing day. We don't really know how it's going to happen, but like it's, it's in the can from, okay. from what I've been told. So I'm excited to hear it. I mean, anything that this dude does, I want to hear it. You know, I was kind of mad that I missed out on Dan when it came out. I wasn't really focusing uh, at the time on, on new music anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, like anything this guy does, I'm, I'm fucking behind Kendrick, man. He is a, he's a goddamn genius and a masterful artist. Well, we are going to, for your next album, we are going to 
uh, we're going to go over and we're going to learn about Kendrick's only contemporary. Okay. Um, he has a lot of peers, but I would say he only has one actual contemporary. Uh, one person that actually can work. And I'm, and, and I'm not saying Kanye because I think Kanye is transcendent hip hop. Um, I'm talking about J. Cole. Okay. Now, J. Cole, Jermaine Cole, um, first hit the scene in 2009 or so, I think when mixtapes, his mixtape starts coming out, Friday Night Lights and the warm-up and different stuff. His first uh, major label album was 2011. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, so J. Cole was somebody, like, when we were hanging out in St. Louis and stuff like that, I was listening to J. Cole. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm going to give you... Uh, I'm trying to debate between two different albums here. Um, I'm intrigued. Goodness gracious, what? <laughs> Let me see here. Okay, so yeah, we're going to go with 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Okay. Forest Hills Drive. Yep. It's actually called 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the address. Yeah, um, it's the that house he grew sense. up on. Oh, okay. He's sitting on the roof of the house on the, on the front of the cover. Oh, that's great. Um, I'm pretty sure it's in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. But uh, J. Cole is famous for selling platinum albums without any features. Nobody oh, else. Shit. Nobody else on the album. Wow. Just him. Yeah. That fucking dude. Now, I'd like, now, are you writing this stuff down? Yeah. I want to throw something extra onto your assignment. Okay. So the album and then a single that is only, that was only released as a single. Okay. Called middle child. All right. I really want you to listen to that song. Okay. I will do. And one more. Okay. Gangstar featuring J Cole family and loyalty. And loyalty. All right. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you right now, Family and Loyalty, Gangstar featuring J. Cole, is so fucking hip hop. Mm. Like it is, man. Both those songs are middle child is too. Oh, I'm really excited. Yep. I just pulled something in my cup, but it's he's it, so J. Cole is a is a super intelligent guy. He's one of he's another conscious rapper. Okay. Awesome. He's a storyteller. He's got something to say. Um, and he's not going to be rapping about chains and cars and Excellent. stuff like that he's 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 definitely a deep dude cool um, he is someone who i listened to him a little bit back then but like recently i've gotten way into to j cole okay um he's now become he's got he got his own uh like greatest hit spotify playlist i made for him like oh shit he made it to that level yeah so yeah, i'm really excited been, to check which has this. been reserved for people like uh kendrick and jim james and right and so now he has one. So that's, okay. Uh, that's a, he's, yeah, yeah, that's he's, high praise. Yeah. So uh, so let's. Uh, that's what I want you to check out. Okay, we'll do. Twenty fourteen Forest Hills. Forest yeah. Hills Drive. Yeah, really good. A lot of great tracks on there, and then those other two tracks, and we are going to talk okay. J Cole next cool. episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. That's all I got. It's been a good one, man. Uh, I can't fucking suggest this album enough if you like hip-hop at all. Like, even if you don't, <laughs> fucking listen to it. Let's be honest. If you like hip-hop. 
uh, you've, you've, already, you've already listened to it. Album, yeah, you just, <laughs> yeah. you're very well aware of it. You're tired of it. You, you yeah, exactly. In 2017, you listened to it nonstop because it was about, it was just like the only thing that came out for a while. And uh, and I don't know, man. I celebrate it. I think that's why, like, I love times like this where I get to be in that unique position of being like a music mole, where I'm just like blind to whatever. But every now and then, I'll poke my head out of a hole, and all of a sudden, some sunlight shines on my face, and my fucking life has changed. So, like, it's uh, it's always great to be the guy who catches up late. You know, (laughs) it's like yes, awesome. Well, I'm glad that we got you this one. I hope that you will enjoy what you've listened to with Jay Cole next week. Sure, I will. You have steered me wrong, unless this is going to be the next episode where I go, you know what, this album actually not yeah. so Actually, fuck <laughs> Jay Cole. One of these, one of these weeks, I'm gonna. One of these weeks, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna keep my composure. I'm gonna talk about an album like it's great, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna see what you think of it. And I'm gonna legitimately actually, love it. it's I'll gonna ruin our you. whole paradigm. I'll be really, I'll, I'll be really honest with you. After this one, because I do want you to listen to this album. I have an idea for something that I've not really listened much to and I've avoided it and we'll, we're going to check it out at the same time. Okay. So That'll there'll be, be an fun. album that we're going to both come back to and it won't Ooh, just nice. be your opinion. I'll have a fresh opinion too. Oh, that'll be and great. Maybe it'll be, we won't like it. That'd be fun. Yeah. So <laughs> we're always so goddamn positive. We are. We're way too positive. Just the gains. <laughs> but um, bum, 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 just like Pedro from the real world. <laughs> Oh, he died of AIDS. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Never forget. Yeah, but we can, we have COVID now, so we can laugh about AIDS. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, we don't hear in my, in my, it's like nothing ever happened here. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah we dude. had everybody go on, on a nice little uh, Memorial Day vacation and come back and our shit spiked again. Yeah, we have no, no masks. No, the other day I went to, the, uh, to Walgreens. I was the only person in there wearing a mask. <laughs> it's just, it's all, you know, a hoax here. It's crazy. Anyway, Fun. Uh, you have a good week, my brother. Yeah, you as well, homie. And all you guys at home, you guys have a great week this week? I say no, you don't. Have a terrible week. Okay. Ian says have a terrible week. Have a terrible I will, strangely enough, we'll talk about this off, uh, off show, but I will be in town on Tuesday. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm taking a little dude to the ZOO. Oh, fun. Yeah. They're limiting. You can, they have so many people can go in at once and... You got to wear masks and stuff, and you got to stay away from each other, but we're going to go look at the tigers. Yeah, it's time to look at some animals, man. Yeah. Anyway, you have a good week, everyone listening. Yes. Uh, love yourself and uh, whatever. Um, love everybody. Uh, love everybody. Black Lives Matter. Um, ACAB. ACAB all fucking day. So... Um, just made a pretty big statement there on the show, but I, I did. Yeah, well, you know. But I'm, I'll go down that fucking road with y'all cops are bastards. Look, um, the, the job is a bastard. That's yeah. the, you know at the end of yes, the day. Yes, yes. Um, and the people who do it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, for Ian Maxwell, I'm Josh Custer. For Josh Custer, I'm Ian Maxwell. Saying enjoy In your. Wait, I did it this way. We should have done the other way. Yeah, you we should have. Okay. Enjoy your boils. Nice.